Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So, Tom, it was a good catch-up on Thursday. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about, about what happened? Yeah, it was, it was a nice evening, wasn't it, Luke? Uh, we went to the, went to the pub, a bit of invite to eat with some, some old school friends as well, which was always nice. Nice to see them again. Nice to see them regularly, and yeah, a bit of a bit of a booze up at the pub on Wednesday or Thursday. It's Thursday, Th- isn't it? Thursday at the George in yeah, just off Borough Absolutely. High Street, cracking pub. Yeah, yeah so that, that that was really nice. Um, and then yeah, the weekend has been um, yeah, been, been a fairly nice weekend. Went out with some friends last night. That was nice to sort of drink my drink to the demise of Talk United, who have. Yeah. Unofficially been relegated. Unofficially relegated on on Saturday because it's still fe- it's still mathematically possible that we can beat Wrexham on the last day of the season. Maidenhead lose to Gateshead and there's a seven goal swing I think is needed. Uh, but realistically, that is not happening. Um, and Torquay Torquay are back playing in the National League South next year, which is far from ideal. Yeah, it could do, if it's ever going to happen, it's going to need probably the worst game of Ben Foster's career, I would suggest. Well, the, the plan was, the hope is, because obviously Wrexham won the title yesterday, is that all week they'll be they'll be sort of boozing it up all week. Get hopefully a fair, hopefully half the squad, if not the full squad, then get arrested on a night out, so they're not able to actually play on Saturday, and then they have to put out the under eighteens. Uh, uh, I, realistically, I still think their under 18s would give us a pretty good game. So, uh, no, not happening. So, yeah, dis- disappointed that we've gone down. But you know, hopefully, if we if we remain full time, I think we've got a good chance of, of bouncing straight back. Do you think they will remain full time? Well, we went down to this division a few years ago, and we remained full time. But the club was in quite a different position then. I think the owners had slightly owners had different ambitions for the club then. Mm. So it is. It's still to be seen. Um, we need to really, because if we don't, we're sort of battling with players, teams like Truro, Taunton, Tiverton for players, because you know you've then got to move to Torquay and get a job, another job whilst you're down there. So yeah, true. yeah, difficult times, difficult times for the club. Very, very true. Well, from the potential, very likely demise of Torquay in terms of league position and. To hopefully some brighter news uh, in the in the sunny sunny air of South America. So Thomas, uh, what's the story? Morning glory in Cordoba. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously from last week's pod, I'm now managing Teleras in the top flight of Argentinian football. Uh, and I, I just played, I had three games last time we spoke, and that was in the first round of the, or the fifth round of the Copa Argentina, but the first round that we joined where we beat a lower league side 4-0, and we got dumped out of the Copa Libertadores um, qualifying rounds. Um, so not the, not the best start, really. But since then, obviously, we've got the, the League Cup, and I touched a little bit last time that the League Cup, it's, a, it's in a group, like a, a league table format. Um, and we play that from February to May. Um, and my, my board don't really care <laughs> how we get on in it. Um, so I'm kind of using it to 
get to know a few of the players, get to get them used to the system, try and blood a few youngsters into the team, some of the guys with lot with high potential. Um with the aim then of hopefully by the end of May, knowing exactly where I stand with the squad, knowing where I need to bring players in, because I've only signed one player. Yeah. Um and you know, normally you go in and you do a whole rebuild. I haven't really got that yet, so I'm struggling a little bit because I don't, you know, none of the players really feel like mine. Obviously, a few of the youngsters coming through are quite exciting, but a few of the Deadwood players, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm trying not to play them really. Um, so yeah, that that that's the plan. It's just, it's kind of just to, it sounds strange, but it is sort of just to get through the League Cup, really. Um, mm. hopefully we, yeah, if we can do fairly well in it, great. Um, but it, it's got the purpose for me, the League Cup. Is to get a really good understanding of the squad, get a really good understanding of where in the summer transfer window I, I need to bring players in. Um and, and, and to that end, it's going fairly well. You know, I've I've only played actually only actually played three games since we since we last spoke. So it's not it's not the biggest update for me ever. But I am getting a bit of a getting a handle on this squad, where it is, which players I like, which players I don't. If I'm putting a little bit too much of a reliance on some of the youngsters, um, and also which which of the vets are sort of doing doing a good job for me, so I've talked you through the three games um, that we've played in the League Cup, and there's this one thing, right? I don't know why it is, but seemingly every game I've played um, in Argentina, whether it's our home stadium or even more so a couple of the others, the pitch dimensions are mad. Really. Like, we are almost like playing on squares. Like the, the the pitch is as wide as it is long, which is really strange because you know you think when you come up with the tactics and my tactic, it's like well I, I kind of just think well stretch the play, mm. uh, get the get their fullbacks wide, and there's there's nice channels. But actually, the back fours when I, when I play with my wing backs and they sort of hug the touch lines, it just creates these absurd channels for my players yeah. to run. You know, tends to run in because the the, the defense is just so stretched. Yeah. Um. So that that's one thing I, I yeah. sort of found. I talk you a little bit through the three games that we played, uh, and you'll sort of maybe see a little bit of a theme as to how it works in our favor, but equally how the pitches don't work in our favor in in in, a, in the same way really. So I need to try and work a way to to fix that. So the first game we played uh, a way to Instituto. Um, and we drew one all. We went one nil down, uh, and then Federico Girotti, who's my thirty-year-old Argentinian striker, uh, he's, a, he's a really high earner. He's on twenty-two grand, which is significantly one of the sort of the top earners. Yeah, and he was—he is our best player on sort of paper. Um, yeah, looking through, he was actually someone that I thought quite like to move him on. I could probably get a few mil for him. Get him off the wage budget, you know, and then get a, get an exciting new young striker in. Um, but based on the three games I've played, I might not be doing that anymore. I might be keeping him. Uh, like I say, in this first game, <laughs> we got our equaliser that allowed us to draw with Instituto. We then played Ferro Caril Oeste. Ferro Caril Oeste. Um, so not sure that, what that accent and, and, was. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's that's that's. I've definitely butchered some sort of pronunciation. There. I've offended someone along the line. Um, and that game, this is, and this is where like the stretch pitch. You, I'll, I'll talk about the next game as well. Um, 
sort of shows. We drew we drew four all, and it was just so open because the pitch is just massive, especially especially you know it was really wide as well. So, so like I said, there's loads of channels. Um, mm-hmm. One of my my number one of my number tens called Facundo Wagner. He he scored. He opened the scoring. And then the other the other goals, it was a hat trick from Federico Garotti. He just scores loads of goals. He's a proper goal scorer. Um he's no, he doesn't really remind me of Federico Fernandez or Bascunyan, because they were they were sort of different type strikers. They almost they were quite good at creating stuff for themselves. Garotti, I haven't seen him do much of that, but like you give him a chance and he seems to just put them all away. So I, I know the feeling, Tom. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, so after that hat trick, I started to think, well, maybe I should, maybe I really should keep hold of keep hold of this Garotti guy. And then we played Independiente. So we drew, yeah, drew four all, so we're on two points out of two. Then we played Independiente. Two points um, out of six. Yeah. What did I say? Two points out of two. That's an interesting. Well, no, two, two, two points from two, as in like you know, yeah, out yeah, two okay. games. I was going to say, it's an interesting uh, so the, scoring metric otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so then we played Independiente, and this was the first game we lost, but we, again, we lost 4-3. So again, oh. goals, goals, goals. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's so open. I, I don't know whether, and again, this is what's quite nice about this League Cup. I can kind of go work my way through it, do a few little tweaks. But I wonder whether, if all of the pitch size dimensions are this crazy, whether I need to tweak the formation, whether I need to come up with something new. Um, or whether it's just like we're just going to be playing gun ho football and we'll try and outscore you, which which mm. will also be quite fun. Um, so yeah, we won that. We sorry, we lost that four three. Our centre back Pablo Pavone um, got our first goal. He's one of our my exciting youngsters, and then Federico Grossi got our other two. So like we we really do need him, and we really do need goals from him. Yeah. Um. So so, so that's that's where we're at in in our League Cup campaign. Uh, you know, we, we, out of the 14 teams in the League Cup group. We're 11th, so it's not great. But again, I'm just I'm not that bothered. I'm not that bothered. Like I feel like mm. I should be. You know, it's the first my first time with this club. You want to make a good start, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm just not that bothered about it. It's very much like having an insanely long preseason where I can get used to the team. I can play players that I probably shouldn't just to try and get them used to the team. And like I say, I can get a good view at them. Um, and, and like I say, for that it's working pretty well. Um, a couple of my centre backs I really like the look of Pablo Pavone, who I've already mentioned, scored scored for us. He's really good. Um, I've got another guy called Fabrizio Lopez as a centre half. He looks really smart. Could probably do with another one. Um, as a, a centre back, I got called Francisco Alvarez. He's on. He's twenty nine. He's on twenty grand a week. He's probably someone I'll look to let go. Um, reason being, I've got a 16-year-old centre back called Gonzalo Velazquez who can, who looks, who's really, uh, he's going to be a really good player. He's not quite ready yet, and I've played him a few times. I've just realised he has the personality trait of mercenary, so that's going to be fun uh, if, I, if I hang around here for, <laughs> for quite a long time. That checkbook's going to be out a fair few times if he's mercenary. Absolutely, absolutely. I might just try and flog. I'll flog him immediately, maybe. Um, but I think I probably need another centre centre back once I let go of this guy on big on big wedge. Um, I've got loads of left wing backs, but um, surprisingly most of them are right footed. 
So I'm sort of, tra- and I haven't really got a great right wing back. So I'm just sort of training loads of my left wing backs, uh, Ignacio Sastre, and who's the other one? The other one is Trejo. Um, yeah, Maximiliano. Tre- oh no, Maximiliano Trejo is left footed. He's on the can play right wing back naturally. Ari- yeah, Ag- uh, Ariel Pagliabue. He's right footed. That is a left- great left wing name. Back. So I'm just trying to trade a few of those guys. That is Ariel Tagliablue. Tagliablue. I'm surprised you haven't gone full yeah. Pep and just surprised you haven't gone full Pep inverted wing backs and just cracked on with it. Well, I had inverted wing backs in the first sort of version of um, this formation sort of at the start when I was managing Chero, Sudamericana, and uh, Santiago Morning for a bit. Um, and yeah, I, I would go back to that actually. It's a formation that I, I played I, that worked really well for me in my last FM in um, in uh, FM twenty two. But the problem is, like, I've got a great left wing back. So if, even if I if I had an inverted wing back on the right hand side, then I'd probably need him to be left footed. So mm. it doesn't it doesn't really Benefit my best you. left my my best left my best left wing back is an out and out. Wing back, left footed. That's Christian Zappa. Oh, actually, I've just noticed he's either footed, so he could do the role. Actually, he could do the role of an inverted wing back. Maybe that's what. Maybe I'll have a little think about that. If, if um, it's a good point. If you know my tactic doesn't start, you know, stops working based on these pitch sizes. Maybe I'll I'll have a return of an inverted wing back. Um, that that will work with mm. a square pitch. Um, it's crazy, so, so, so yeah, he, yeah. So so he's good. Um. One of the other lads that I brought in, Jose Somoza, he started, you know, he's a 23-year-old regen, three-star, four-star potential. He's been bang average, but, like, that's good. I'm fine with bang average in the centre of the park. One of the players that is quite funny, I've got this, he's a centre-back. Well, I think he's a holding, he's a, you know, I play him as a ball-winning midfielder in centre-mid. He says his natural position is a is a ball-winning midfielder, but as a defensive midfield. Yeah. Um, and I play him in, Centre mid, but one in the field. He's called Emmanuel um, Payalef. 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 We'll go Payalef. Really we'll, nice We'll player. get that really pronunciation good. eventually, won't we? It might yeah, take exactly. us five episodes, but we'll get there. Absolutely. Um, um, let's work on it. Emmanuel Payalef. There you go. Let's go with that. Um, Really good mentals, really good physicals. Technicals need a bit of work, but you know, he's a ball winning midfielder. He doesn't need to be great. But what's quite funny. He's one of my, you know, he's 19, three-star current ability, potential for five-star. Looks really good, like a player you want to sort of hang, keep keep for a long time and sort of build the team around. And every time I play him, you know, when you go to the game, you know, you get a bit of feedback on the team mm. the, from, from, the, from the squad. Every time he is offended and hurt for the fact that I'm playing him out of position. He, and, you know, I'm not, it's not as if I'm asking him to play on the wing. It's not as if I'm asking yeah. him to do a job running in behind I'm literally moving him from he wants to play a ball winning midfielder or he, his best position is a ball winning midfielder uh, in defensive midfielder and I'm playing him as a ball winning midfielder in centre mid and this guy his feelings I mean this guy is I mean, he's, <laughs> he needs to get a grip he's so soft I just move him forward about and it, you know even especially on how short these pitches are relative to their width mm. see, I'm moving him even less uh, <laughs> even less of a distance and he he just he, he sort of breaks down and crumbles seemingly every time I I I tell I tell him he's in the team. 
because uh, because I don't play with it. So I don't play defensive midfielder. So it's either that or you're not in the team, Emmanuel. Well, like, he's hurt and offended every time I pick him. Well, funnily enough, one I've had that with Cesar Perry in terms of playing him as a left winger, which I think is like, buddy hell, just enjoy your minutes. And two, yeah. I mean, but he's got a bit of a reason because he's purportedly incapable of playing there despite being right-footed and being built to be an inside forward. But but no, the other thing I was going to say, well, my favourite one that I was telling Catherine about earlier today, I've got Lucas Barros, the new left-back, the new left-wing-back, complaining about the team sheet when he's in the starting eleven. <laughs> I, just wanted to, so I, I just wanted to almost sub him off after two minutes and say, you know what, mate? You know, we'll, we'll right. fix yeah. that. You're right. Yeah, we'll get you out of the team. I was just like, come on, you can't have your cake and eat it. That's ridiculous. That's some serious sort of self-esteem issues from that guy. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I play him. He, yeah, he's a nice player that I think will hang around for a while. One of the guys that scored for us, Facundo Wagner, again, he's a nice solid number 10. Um, nothing special. I'd like to get an upgrade on him at some point, but he'll do for now. Yeah. And, you know, like he's definitely one of the players where I'm, he has played really well, actually. Um, he's definitely one of those where I want to see where I'm at with him. During this, um, uh, during this sort of League Cup game, and to be fair, he's 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 showing that he can play there, and play there well. Uh, one of the other ten is Pablo Mercado. Now, this this is a stranger on Mercado because again, he's doing really well, but I think he looks better as a striker. But I just don't want to drop Garotti. No, Garotti's like our best player by a mile, and normally I'd be like, right, let's just sacrifice him for the. For, for some of the younger players, but he is so good and he's playing so yeah. well. I can't. I've I've got another guy in there called Santiago Maloney. Again, I'm having to play him as a ten, who's and he's probably better as a striker, just because I don't want to. I don't want to drop. Um, I, I don't want to drop Garotti. So, so yeah, he he's he's doing really well. And again, and we've got a few other players that are coming in off the bench and doing bits and bobs. I'm just I'm, like like I said, I don't I keep repeating myself. But I'm just trying to get used to the team, trying to understand who's who, trying to understand what they can all bring. And then the plan is then is at the end of this League Cup phase, I'll know exactly where I'm at. I can sign the right players to then hopefully. And also, it'll feel a little bit more like my team then. I'm yeah. enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it anywhere near as much as I used to when I was at Orex Italiano. Because it just doesn't feel like my team. I haven't really brought any of the players in. Um, and I don't really, you know, I don't really care if we win some of these games. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want to change it. I'm not desperately trying to work, work out a way at the moment to sort of tighten up at the back because it, I don't mind if we lose 4-3. No. I, I think it's bad, almost like a good testing ground, isn't it? Like, it's a good testing ground for for the team going forward, I would suggest. And also... I think, you know, you're talking about this like it's not your team. Uh, and obviously I get that from a feeling perspective. But from my perspective listening, this is this is Par Jackson at every other team apart from Audax Italiano. It's kind of like Audax Italiano is the blip. And high-scoring chaos from a car manager is, uh, yeah, it's from the professional Paul Jackson. The results are anything but, aren't they? The football's just quite quite mad. Four threes and four all draws. That That's the Paul Jackson I know and love. <laughs> well, I, I am, I was, I was thinking this actually, I, I am getting quite a lot 
sort of Chero vibes out of this team at the moment. The fact that hopefully I'll go up. I don't really, I, you know, there's even, you know, Garotti's fine, but I reluctantly like Garotti because what he's actually doing is preventing me from signing a, a really good hot young striker or promoting one of the guys with great potential in. Some of the other players are fine. They're all right. I don't love them yet. I, I'm kind of hoping that I grow something throughout this League Cup phase if, if a few of them start to play quite well. But yeah, I am getting quite a lot of, um, like I say, Chero vibes. If that's that's where you want to put it. Uh, like this team at the moment, but I'm sure that'll change. Like like I said, once I once I sign a few players, and once we get into what I would call some proper proper football in the league, um, I think I think we're good to go then. Nice. Well, it sounds like it's been an as 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 eventful as three games on FM can be. That sounds like they've been as as eventful as they physically can be. It's probably as eventful as three sort of meaningless to a point games. Uh, games go like just to be honest, like you know, like if you, it's almost like you've been knocked out. I feel like I've been knocked out of the league cup already, which is ridiculous because I think is it three teams qualified from the group? Yeah, four four teams. Qualify from the group, and I guess go then go into a quarter final. Um, and, you know, obviously it's very plausible that I, I will do that, and I probably should, uh, based on the quality of my team. But oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> 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 this, 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 this isn't the team talk I give sort of before before the match. Mm. You know, go on, lads. Just just go out there, sort yourselves out. If you win, you win. If you don't, who cares? No yeah. wonder we're sort of. Sh- so many goals at the back. Yeah, I kind of get it though. I think it is a good phase for it's a good opportunity just to to chuck a bit of paint at a wall and see what sticks. And I don't think you know having a chance to workshop what you're going to do for the main season in a meaningless mini season is no bad thing. So yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. Um, so yeah, that's no, just I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying it. Um, just need to like I said, just need to get used to the team a bit more. Um, and I think I think what I haven't had yet is just in sort of in real time is a big session. Like I haven't been able to sit down for like three hours, whatever, and just and, and play the game. Mm. So I've you know as, as as you can tell, I wasn't able to play too much this week based on the fact they've only gone through three games. But I think I need a big session because so, you know jumping in and out of it, you kind of forget a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah he was in form. He played well last game. Or I'm starting to like this guy. You kind of forget when you don't play yeah. a couple of days and you jump in for literally half an hour, play one game and that's it. So I think I do need a big session, play the game for four hours one afternoon. Um, yeah, definitely. The weekend or, or or if there's an evening this week, I don't know that I can get a, get a good session in. That will probably help kickstart it as well for me. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I so think yeah, that's that, it. That, that, that's, that's... That's where I'm at. Not the most exciting update, but you know we've progressed. We've progressed a little bit. Um, have you? Is yours a bit more exciting, Luke? Can you give us a bit more? Um, I can certainly give you more than three games space. worth. Of, I can certainly give you more than three games worth of content. Yeah, if that's the answer you're looking Fire for. away. <laughs> this is this is going to go down as as a low point, I think, in the podcast history. <laughs> Three that games. Now I'm teasing. Three games. That's got to be the lowest ever of the games that we've played from one episode to the next. So three games that I've I've very openly said, oh, I don't even care about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
He's happy to waste your time, dear listener. He's happy to waste your time. Although, that being said, I did enjoy hearing about them, even though your disdain for Tolera's de Cordoba is uh, is apparent so far. I don't think it's I don't think it's actually just because Chero was disdain. It's not disdain. It's sort of just ambivalence at the moment. Mm. Yeah, um, lack of buy-in. Which yeah. is exactly again, which is which is not what I'm sort of telling the fans or the chairman. No, uh, but, but <laughs> I see. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Not here. <laughs> yeah, not here. Please, God, not here. Okay, so back to Brazil. Uh, so you left me uh, before a game in the Carioca. Serie A, that is the Rio de Janeiro. I'm doing my best, uh, Tim Vickery here, uh, in the Rio de Janeiro uh, state championship. And we were finally, after one game against Vasco da Gama, playing another team who might vaguely challenge us. And that was a team that I bested in last season's Sudamericana, Copa Sudamericana semi-final and that is Botafogo and we they obviously were well not obviously but uh, to remind you they were relegated uh, last season into the Brazilian second division uh, and the difference in quality showed uh, so Mamini uh, doing a great job bagging a brace with John Arias a Colombian right winger uh, grabbing one as well. So, comfortable win. And the highlight for me of that game was, Mamini scored a lot of goals, but he doesn't often score great goals. And uh, from my perspective, the best goal he's ever scored was that one, uh, was the first goal he scored in that game where he chests it down on the edge of the box and, and sinks an absolutely beautiful volley into the top corner, having chested it down and controlled it on his chest. It was a cracking goal uh, and one that I was rightfully proud of so so that was a nice start and then the final transfer piece of transfer news that I talked about uh, was that we still had one more player coming in in midfield and I think you're going to hear this some and you're going to wince because I know I did and that is that I spent so I brought in a, a central midfielder called Miguel Figuera, 28-year-old. He's ready-made. He's at the peak of his career. He's slotted straight into our midfield. Uh, Where's he from? Brazil. Brazil. I don't know where in Brazil. But uh, but the fee you're going to win at, and it was £16 million. We are living in two very different saves at the moment. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was 16 million, but it was also 4 million per year for four years because I I didn't have a lot to spend up front. So I had to give him a bit more. I just gave him a set of four mil and then three more sets of four mil heading, heading to get the transfer done. But I desperately needed a fourth central midfielder. And I think really I could do with a fifth central midfielder because we're still, I'm still having to play our right back there occasionally. Right. But anyway, so 
So we've talked about the first game back. Uh, then we had another Serie B game. Uh, sorry, not Serie B. Another game against Serie B opposition in the Rio de Janeiro State Championship uh, against Vray, against VRFC. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know their full name. But three name, three letters coming back to haunt me again. But we beat them 2-1. What are, what are the three letters, Lou? V-R-E. And they're a Brazilian Serie B team. Yeah, okay, I'll find out. Yeah, actually, no, I won't be able to find that. They are VRFC, if you want to know. From the West Country. <laughs> and, on, and carry on. And the mini did his thing, and Miguel Figueira on his debut scores an absolute thunderbolt to win it. Uh, we've gone one nil down through their striker Raul scoring, Mumini equalised, and then Miguel. Raul. Yeah, and then nice. M- Miguel Ferreira, uh, having just signed for a club record sum of sixteen million. Uh, Scores a thunderbolt with his left boot into the top corner. So great debut from him. Uh, and then the game that I've been waiting for this entire time, uh, this entire time since since uh, since joining the club, and since they knocked Universidad de Chile out of the Libertadores in my first season in charge. That is the long-awaited rematch with Flamengo in my save, by far the best team in Brazil and by far the best team in South American football. Absolutely Absolutely. stacked with talent. And there's only one person who can get the scoring started. And that is not Gabriel Barbosa. That is, in fact, Ivo Mamini in the 19th minute with a nice. classic Mamini goal on the counter-attack. Uh, nice. Before, before they get one back through João Gomez, their unbelievably good uh, central midfielder slash defensive midfielder, uh, we then go one ahead, and I'm in dreamland in the 77th minute through Marquinhos, our left winger, cutting in on his right and slotting one. And I'm thinking, oh, God, please, please. We've just got to hold on. We've just got to hold on. But no, Matthias Franke, their uh, 24-year-old central attacking midfielder, uh, gets one back in the 90th and it ends 2 all. So, you know what? We didn't get the win. But for our first game against by far the best team, in in Brazil, I was pretty pleased with the end product and the end result. The my funniest moment was when a player called Neymar came on, and I thought, is it a regen? But no, they have actual thirty five year old Neymar who's barely played for them in the last two seasons. Seriously? Yeah, he's barely played for them. Um, he's played like in the league. He plays like five times a year. Uh. Oh, I don't know. He's still there. He's unregistered, so I don't think he's even registered <laughs> for the league. Uh, he played five times at the previous season for a six point six seven, and 
eight times for a 6.74 this season with one goal and two assists. But he's got no physicals, he's got no pace. But bear in mind, he played 20 times for Paris Saint-Germain the season before that. Like it, he can't get in the Flamengo team. Can't get in the Flamengo team. Uh, I mean, they are stacked. But uh, I think partially, and, and and I've not mentioned this, but I think I think I, I really regret not having all of the European leagues that you had on um, uh, uh, until I've turned them on now, but they're still loading in. So they'll start at the next time Europe goes over the season line, which will be June. But I do think that has meant that Flamengo haven't had all of these players poached, which means they are scarily yeah, stacked. They are so stacked, like disgustingly stacked in terms of talent. I mean, any getting close, like every player is worth about fifty million, and they've got all of yeah, these they, amazing they have, young they players. Been, um... They haven't been poached of their, of their best. Yeah, they haven't probably. been asset stripped in the way they probably would be if 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 I'd had more leagues loaded. And I, and and I think that's I think definitely for the next time we do this, I really want you know want to make sure that we have the same exactly the same leagues loaded because I think that will make the worlds even more uh, intertwined and similar. But you live once you um want. It'll start quite quickly now in terms of their talent getting poached. I'm just having a quick look through mine uh, in terms of I've just I've gone with Flamengo as well. And to be fair, there's only been maybe throughout the whole save three players that've left them for like, what I'd call big money uh, to Europe. Uh, I know maybe a few more. Yeah, but actually one of those is Barbosa. Um, yeah, okay. So it's, it, I don't think it's it's not loads. Let's put it that way. Do they have Vitor Roque on your game out of interest? V I T O R. And, and he's linked in real life. In real life, he's linked with um, quite a lot of big clubs at the moment. No, he's gone to, he went to Chelsea. So he's currently battling out. He, he, he was at Atletico, he's at Atletico Paranese. Yeah. And in my and game, he went to, to Flamengo for 20 million. Um, Right, I'm not no, surprised. Yeah. So I think that's the difference as well, is that players who, if the European leagues were loaded, would have probably been brought to Europe have gone to them because they're the only ones spending big money. Yeah. But anyway, interesting times. So before I pick up with the fixtures, I did have one other interesting piece of news. And talking of... Wonder kids with talent. Guillermo Gomez was uh, ranked sixth on Next Gen twenty twenty eight from Golf Goal dot wow. com. So that was a uh, so, pretty good. Not bad for a player you signed for less than a million. It's not bad for someone who yeah, signed for nine hundred and seventy five k to be to be ranked sixth. So that was that was positive, and he continues to develop. But. Yeah, so so my Peruvian, so Renzo's small uh, piece of uh, support for Peruvian football and future Peruvian football talent uh, has paid off by by taking Guillermo Gomez to to Flamengo. But anyway, back to 
the Rio de Janeiro State Championship. And so after that Flamengo two-all draw was a bit heartbreaking, but in the grand scheme of things, not too bad. Because one, we still hadn't lost. And two, we had qualified in second behind only Flamengo, uh, who had, I think, had had topped the state championship by virtue of the fact they drew against us, but they hadn't got a draw. They'd got wins apart from that. So we finished second, which meant the top four in the state championship go into this kind of mini, what they call it, the finals. So in the first bit of the finals, oh, sorry, the champions playoff, not the finals, the champions playoff. So... That meant we had to play third place, the third place team. And surprisingly, and I was surprised, uh, Vasco da Gama, who I'd assumed it would have been, actually didn't even get to the top four, which was really surprising. They finished in fifth. I guess they were possibly rotating in some youngsters and results didn't go their way. But that meant I played third place Botafogo again. Uh, and I won't go into it into too much detail because it was pretty comfortable, but we won 2-0 in both legs. Uh, Marquinhos with a double in the first. And Valentin Gomez, uh, the Argentinian centre-back from who I signed from Velez, and Erison uh, putting the dagger into his former club. So that meant yet again for the second and third time in five games we faced up against Flamengo. Um, Things started well, but not in the way you've come to expect. Uh, And that is that Juan Jesus, Flamengo's centre-back, got sent off on the 17th minute. And he just, I was like, great, this has got to be our moment. He sived. It was the classic FM, you know, they're off straight away. Just out of nowhere, they just decide to go in with a two-footer. And you're just like, well, that's just complete random number generator. There's no reason. There's no. There's not even any reason to do it. You know, it wasn't a last-ditch tackle. He's in the middle of the park. But he just sived down one of our midfielders with a two-footer. And I'm like, great. If we're ever going to do it, it's now. But then, despite trying to keep things tight and trying to do all I can, the 10 men of Flamengo score through Vitor Roque, who is slowly becoming my nemesis. Well, he's very quickly becoming my nemesis. And I I was really frustrated with myself because I knew, and I didn't go gung-ho because they'd had a man taken off. I was playing standard and keeping it fairly mid-block, not too high, not too low. But I knew the only way Vitor Roque is going to score against you is with a high line, and he runs in behind. And exactly that happens. We just play it just too high. He beats us on the break and puts it away. And so we kind of keep grinding away. It's quite an even game, despite the fact they've got 10 men, which I think highlights how good they are. And they are so frustrating. But we keep grinding, and luckily in the 71st minute, Marquinhos scores a penalty, um, and that makes it one all, and that's the way it stayed. 
So we go back to the second leg. We it's a sort of a strange fixture in the a bit like the upcoming uh, Milan derby in the Champions League. Both teams can claim for it to be our place at the same time. Uh, oh, so, you share, of course, you share the American R with them. So yeah, we took it back to our place, and they took it back to well, they well. <laughs> the irony is, it was played at a neutral ground that happens to be the American R that's both clubs' <laughs> home stadium anyway. So it got more absurd uh, than than even I initially uh, suggested. But I mean, the second leg was designated Flamengo's home leg, uh, and. It was a nothingy game, but it was settled early on in the seventh minute by my nemesis, Vitor Roque. Oh, no. Breaking through down the middle. We were poor. They were all over us. I kept it tight, uh, but the ratings say all you need to know. Uh, our lowest ratings were our two fullbacks with 6.2s. My mini had a 6.3, and we didn't have a rating higher than our goalkeeper with a 6.8. So yeah, you're, not, you're not winning many games with that. You're not winning many games like that. So we lose in the final 1-0 to the best team in South America. Well, 2-1 on aggregate and, and by a goal to the best team in South America. And I, you know what? <laughs> could be worse. It could be worse. I think that's a good benchmark. I, I was concerned they might blow us out. And it... And... and and the answer is they haven't, and that's kind of been yeah, the recur- to, be, to, to be to be to be so close to again, like I say, the best team in in South America, so quickly, uh, you know, at the start of your time at the club is must give you a lot of hope for how quickly you can sort of turn turn these guys into one of the best teams in South America. It does and it doesn't because I think it does because. The way we're playing, and and I'll, and this is a, a theme that I'm going to keep coming back to in the end of my segment on on Fluminense. Uh, but the way we're playing keeps things tight. But at the same time, right now, I think that the, it's going to need to find some fantastic players to bridge that gap and actually make a challenge. Uh, right. So. So between the end of the state championship and the beginning of the Brazilian Serie A league campaign, we had our first Sudamericana game. Um, I thought this was going to be quite a straightforward group stage. Uh, and what's been nice is that it has been. Um Erison uh, scored and Franco Alonso scored. I've been able to rotate the squad, which has been really nice. So actually, I think I will I will talk through the Sudamericana fixtures. So I've been drawn against Leones FC, uh, who are in Colombia. Uh, they were finished eighth in Colombia last year. I've been uh, drawn against Club Jorge Wilsterman, who you talked about last episode in from Bolivia, yeah. and Del Fan who are from Ecuador and their badge is a dolphin. And I, that's the key thing. That's that's all they've brought to to the table as far oh, as I'm yeah. concerned. Yes, indeed. Yeah, God, it keeps coming around, doesn't it? So, yeah, we, we comfortably started against Leones. 
uh, obviously lion in Spanish. Uh, badge is a picture of a lion. Uh, and yeah, Erison getting a girl and Franco Alfonso, our third choice left winger. Then we go away to Bolivia to take on uh, Jorge Wolstermann. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And oh, it's a poor game. We played okay. We kept it solid. We were all over them, but we couldn't score enough for the quality of play that we're putting together. And we get out of yeah. there with a 1-0 with Mamini scoring in the 31st. Then we go to Delphan. Oh, no, sorry. We brought Delphan to us at the Maracanã. Oh, yes. These numbers are fantastic, Tom. It's it's guess how many away fans time. Go on, so give me give me the total number. So the attendance twenty two thousand eight hundred and forty five. Yeah. How many away fans? I will go with. I will go with the forty five. Well, Tom, in in a crazy world, you're being too generous. They brought with them oh, right. nine away fans. <laughs> <laughs> nine that's brilliant that's like but imagine imagine that's that's ridiculous nine is insane no it's crazy isn't it i i, I love it i love it so much that, you, you, there were more people on the pitch wearing the wearing the club's shirts than there were in the crowd yeah you'd think we'd be able to win by more than two nil uh, with the the away team bringing nine fans to support. I mean, how would you even find them? That's the big question. You see, you know, they say fans are the twelfth man, etc. But should they have to? <laughs> surely they have to have at least twelve of them to be the to 12th be man. the twelfth man. They, they, yeah, exactly. They definitely they haven't helped out at all there. No, I couldn't agree more. And then the last game I've played in the group stage. Uh, was away at Leones FC for the start of the second set of the three fixtures. Uh, and we get out of there uh, with a 1-0 win, taking 89 away fans, I think a, a valiant effort with a Cesar Perry goal. I started him up front just to rotate the team a bit and he uh, should have scored more. The XG was about three, and we only score one. So he's kind of confirming my opinion that he's a winger, not a striker. Yeah. But, but yeah, we get away with a 1-0 win. And so that means we've already qualified. We've won all four games. But it's hard to get to, like, oh, fantastic. <clears throat> because this team should be... This team, you know... If this team doesn't make the board expectations is the semi final. My expectations okay. is we need a bit of luck of the draw, but we're as good as anyone in this competition. You know, maybe we get unlucky with a big club getting relegated from the Libertadores, but it's not like Universidad de Chile where that felt like overachievement and the board, you know, and the centenary season That's was special. It, 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 we should be getting to the semis with with this group of players. And like you said, you've you've kind of got that data point that suggests you're not a million miles behind Flamengo. You should probably be winning or getting at least close to winning the Sudamericano, if that's the case. Yeah, and for me, that that reflects in in the league. You know, I I want us to be 
I want us to be qualifying for the Libertadores. The board only wants Sudamericana, but that for me would be well, dis- be disappointing, yeah. wouldn't it? So, as I said, we were two points off it last season. I hope with the additions and 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 the upgrades to the squad that that we can bridge that gap. So that was the Sudamericana campaign. A nice chance to rotate the squad. Uh, I haven't, unlike you, uh, the the Mourinho, the Renzo blueprint is very much experienced veterans uh, keeping it tight. And I just want I just wanted to show you this, Tom, because I thought you might enjoy it. And this is a, a piece of uh, news flash that I got from from uh, the. Uh, from from FM in my inbox, and I just want you to read out loud what the headline is, if you can. If I hold it up to the screen, right? So it's a bit blurry. It's a bit blurred, Lou. So it see? says, "I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't read that, mate." Okay, that's a shame. Hang on, if I zoom in a bit more, maybe you can. Two seconds. I'll give it one more shot. Okay. Uh, uh if you hold it still, it might have a chance. Uh. No, again, no, it's, it's back too, to, too, oh, it's back it's to too front bad. as well. I think, I think, I think you have it's... to read it out loud. No, that's fine. It's back, it was back to front as well because of the camera, which was quite funny. Um, so it was Renzo basing success on defence. Oh, my Lord. Renzo Rivero's flu career has only just begun, but early indications... It's flu career. Flu you're, career. You're a, you're a... <laughs> a doctor... I'm a doctor of football. That's the, that's the Renzo vibe. Fluminense. Renzo Ruminense's Fluminense career. Renzo Rivero's Fluminense career has only just begun, but early indications are that the media-friendly boss has set about creating a mean defence. Rivero has masterminded his Fluminense side to 16 victories over the past 20 games, and this is in no small part down to the Fluminense backline who have only conceded nine goals, but et cetera, et cetera. Well, I never. So, well, I never. A bit like Parr was back to his his uh, his old ways, I feel like this, this is proper Renzo. This is Renzo ball. It, and, 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 I, and I think it's, it's worth talking about the league fixtures. I'll just run through. So we've played... Three games in the league. So we've played three games in the top flight. Uh, Our first game was a 2-1 win against uh, Avaya FC. Uh, And we got a goal from a header in the 12th minute through Pinga. Miguel Ferreira, that man again, scoring another screamer off his left boot before they get one back through Lima. But we cling on. For a for a two one win, we get a one uh, nil win against Internacional with Miguel Figuera scoring another scraper in the thirty ninth in the thirty ninth minute, and we cling on to oh, a one nil win. Uh, and Vasco da Gama, we go one nil up through Mamini in the twenty fourth minute. They get one back through Francisco Gonzalez in the 62nd and it ends one all 
uh, at the Sao Janeiro Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. And, and those are the three I've played. So it's a good start in the league, but this is proper Rivero ball or Renzo ball or however you want to say it. Like, I've, I I didn't think I would fall in love with the the 3-4-3 three, three, because I've never been able to set it up to have any success. I've never had any confidence in it. Um, I, I, I think the club is perfect for Renzo because the centre-backs are by far our best player, like players. They're getting the highest match rating. Um, we've got quite a lot of good ones now as well, which helps. We do have six good centre-backs. Um, but it's, yeah, it's proper Rivera ball. Three centre-backs. The full-backs have been rubbish. Even Caligari, who I was really hoping as a complete wing-back would do, really do some good stuff bombing forward, has been really poor. Um our midfield. I mean, it's it feels very Conte at Tottenham, and 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 reflecting on the seasons that it feels like, and I, I think I don't know if you think this. I think you probably do, but haven't voiced it. I think the more we play this journeyman, you immediately get a feeling of what the season's going to be. Do you get that sense? Like at the beginning of the season, you're like, I know. I've played enough seasons now to know kind of where we're going to finish in the league, you know, where. Yeah, I think that that's natural, right? As you got, as you get a better understanding of your team, you know, I've got no idea. I genuinely have no idea where uh, we're going to finish in the league this year because, like you said, I haven't got that experience with that team. I think it's natural once you've once you've got a season under your belt with the team, you know where you're at. You know when you sign a few more players, you kind of get it a bit more. Uh, yeah, so yeah I, I, I agree with you on that. But I, I mean, almost more, I think even without having a season under my belt, I have a really strong sense of this team. I think probably will get Libertadores. I don't think we're going to be in the race for the league. And I think also it really reminds me of uh, Arturo Fernandez Vial season two, where we didn't have quite enough to get promotion and Universidad de Chile's season two where we just didn't have quite enough to win the league and it feels very reminiscent of those we're in games where i can tell what i really like about this side and it's what i've alluded to is that we're hard to beat we are a tough side to break down but right now i'm not convinced we have enough going forward to 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 really threaten the big boys but i in spite of that I'm I'm really starting to enjoy it because actually setting up a three four three is a new challenge for me. It, it is actually making me think. You know, for the first time ever, I, as I said, I've been using wide centre backs, which has been great. Uh, I've even I've even had to think and uh, and reflect that actually we need to trap inside. So we need to when we press, we need to trap the 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 um opposition into the centre backs. So I actually pressed the trap inside button for the first time, Tom. Wow. I know. It's what I mean, happened it's... when you pressed that? Did, did something 
Yeah, the, the confetti burst out of a cannon, and and, yeah. and and they said you've won the game. But but no, it's just logical, yeah, it's isn't it? In a three four three, that you want to you want to channel people into the centre backs and the and the midfielders who 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 can trap and nick the ball. But that's what I, I think. I love three four three. It's my three 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 um whatever sort of way you sort of work it out beyond that. A back three with wing backs is just I love playing that formation. I've played that for literally for years. Always my go-to in FM. I've had a few sort of different changes where I've gone with back four every now and again, but I've 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 tended to always somehow go back to playing a back three. That's the way I like it. I like it in real life as well. I think it's unless you unless you lit you're a team like Man City or you know, one of those elite teams in world football where you literally are the best team but absolute mile. I really think it's the best way to play. I just think I just think you, I, I think I think back threes are, um, mm. uh, are, are much, yeah. I, I think back threes are a really good way to play football. Well, you know, I'll live or die by four, one, two, two, one. But uh, I don't, I don't disagree unless you've got top players. I, I get it's a good way to to keep a, it'll keep you in the game at, at three at the back. Maximise the space on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, so that's that's been that's been Fluminense so far. Uh, it's been I've been really enjoying it. We're playing proper Renzo football, uh, and my my final thing that I want to touch upon is that despite spending sixteen million on him, he was third. Uh, Miguel Ferreira was third placed in uh, April's Player of the Month. So obviously the early impact with all of those long range screamers paying off, and he finished second in terms of goal of the month. So not a bad start for the club's biggest ever transfer. Um, he's he's you know, and if he continues up this level of performance, uh, I, I'm going to be very happy. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I've got a squad. I'm enjoying the squad rotation. I think for me going forward. I can't really afford to spend any more money this season, but next year the key areas that need to be improved are I only have one player I really deem as a good uh, right uh, to play on the right wing, but to cut inside on their left foot. Oh, and that is the final point I want to reach a, a touch upon, which is. This team really misses Maximiliano Gatti. Like, my God, this team needs Gatti because I don't have. He is the best, you know, he is the best. Uh, right, he is the best right winger with a left foot who can score. And it is exactly what this team is missing. I've got a left winger in Perry who I think will get goals and is starting to get goals. Um, uh, and and John John uh, what's he called John Arias, my Colombian right winger, is fine, but I don't think he's gonna. Make, he's not good enough to to make make us make that leap. Yeah, okay. So I'm pinning all my hopes that if we get Libertadores, Gatti will Gatti the 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 draw of Renzo a, a pay rise and, might... and Libertadores might be enough to. Might be enough to sway the boy, yeah. But we shall see. Uh, I'm exciting times. I'm hoping we continue to do well in the league. 
so far, we're hard to beat. Nine goals conceded in 20 games isn't bad going. And if we keep that up, I think we've got a good chance of grinding out draws and, and snatching some wins and keeping doing what we're doing. So, yeah, but that I think that's all from me. Tom, any closing thoughts? Any final thoughts? No, nothing else from me. Looking forward to getting some more good game time in this week, but more than last week, hopefully. Um, and yeah, just sort of ploughing my way through this League Cup, get to the end of it unscathed, and then uh, and then really kick on for the rest of the season. Fantastic. Well, thank you all so much for continuing to listen. Episode 16 in the books. Slow but steady progress in Brazil and Argentina. Uh, we look forward to having more to update you on next week. Have a fantastic week. And thank you so much again for listening to Who Uses a Director of Football, Sudamericana Adventure, with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. Catch you next time.